You got me mad now. You know, you got a bad pickle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ran the bad pickle in the arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't know what the kid is that was a riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you and kick your face off. I'm down with that. Kick your face But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> hey, you know that wrestling, right, you know that wrestling boy. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome to episode 311 of the Straight Shooters. Available wherever podcasts are found, including the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone, the Philly voice and Philly influencer. And we have another fantastic show ahead of us here on episode 311. We have a deep dive, a dive into In Your House, It's Time from December 1996. It's time! Yeah, so 25 years ago, uh, I think this week or something like that, or maybe eight days. Like we've, we've crossed the 25-year uh, mark for this show. So I guess, you know, in tandem with, uh, you know, us doing Survivor Series a couple weeks back in 96, let's do It's Time and kind of put a bow on this time period, so to speak, in 1996. Uh, just for fair warning, we did think about doing Santa with muscles for a deep dive. <laughs> But won't happen this year. But next year, be on the lookout. We, we might do Santa with muscles uh, for a deep dive. Or if you want a Patreon request, it, feel free to head over to patreon.com slash radio. And we will deep dive it at any point if you request it. But that's neither here nor there. Either way, deep dive into WWF in your house. It's time from 1986. But before we get into all of that, I got to get in. I got to do my weekly check on my main man, Pots and Pants, the guy hitting the buttons over there. Nick, how you doing, good sir? Uh, I guess okay. Uh, caught a little little audible uh, this week, and we're actually recording this during an, an afternoon, Thursday afternoon. So uh, good to go, uh, good enough to uh, get this out there, and uh, good enough to click this. Because uh, Vader has nothing to do with this, and it just ma- makes me laugh every time. Right. The show is named after his catchphrase, <laughs> but he ain't on the show, not even in a no. promo, not in, not in anything. And you Doc Hendricks found. saying it's time a lot, so trying to get right. it over for uh, <laughs> to not be Vader-centric. But it's time! It's time! It's Vader time! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without, without him. <laughs> right. Dope theme song, by the way, Vader's yes. theme song. I His debated WWE. on uh, stretching that out a little bit, but then uh, I, I knew you would bring up uh, the MCI. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. With the good folks over at DMCA. <laughs> um, but before we get into our full deep dive here, we got to talk about some recent events, some some happenings going on in the current world of pro wrestling. Uh, of course, we're recording this, like Nick said, on a Thursday as opposed to our usual Wednesday t- time slot. 
uh, for recording at least. And this is the night after Dynamite. And if you're listening to this, you already know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Kyle O'Reilly making his AEW debut uh, during a match with Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy. He showed up, helped Adam Cole get the win. And the original incarnation of the Undisputed Era is back intact. Not in NXT, though, but in AEW. Uh, Nick, did you? I don't know if you watched this. And what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I caught the tail end of uh, the first match. I, you know, going through some things, and then I, I wound up watching Dynamite a little bit, and uh, I saw him uh, debut and attack, I, I guess, Orange Cassidy, was it, or the best friends or whatever, and then uh, Bobby Fish come out and everything. So I was like, oh, that's cool. But uh, I don't know how much different, it, like, I view it. Um it's a lot like the undisputed era was great for NXT. I don't necessarily know how if it would have been as good on the main roster in WWE. So I don't know how different uh, this is gonna feel because I think NXT was the perfect place for those guys to uh, you know do what they did. You know, have a great run down there. And but uh, yeah, I don't know if it's gonna turn into uh, you know Adam Cole with. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish against the Elite at some point, uh, you know, tell that story. But that's what they definitely teased last night. Yeah, so like I, I mean that would be cool, but uh, I mean like it's more of like uh, I've seen this already, kind of, and I've seen like their greatness in NXT that you know they. I don't think we would have been able to see that greatness in the main roster. So I don't know how different it feels for me, uh, other than just a you know different promotion. But I mean. They could have done worse, <laughs> you know. AEW could have done worse, so I guess I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the AEW has got so much talent right now. It's kind of like stupid, almost like in a good way. I'm gonna say, but like, but at the same time, it's like, what do you do with everybody? Like, Kyle O'Reilly could potentially be a top guy, but where's mm. there room for him at the top? Yeah, if, and if that we, the we case, say like, that because in WWE, you know, they didn't. Uh, really have this much this big of a roster i guess or this as much content as they pumped out back when you know they started expanding and stuff it's like aew is only two years old and they've already expanded uh so quickly that that's why we say like oh the roster's so big like where, what's gonna happen with this guy how can they fit this guy in or this woman right. in? um and, in wwe but- it make, makes more sense to think that way because they have nxt and they also have the wwe network or Pe- peacock now where uh, they were doing a lot of things with people that weren't featured on tv every week so it's a little different in AEW. i know they have dark and dark elevation but there's only so much that they can uh do utilizing social media so it's more I- i'm more apt to not view WWE as having such a huge roster and not able to do what they do than I am AEW just because WWE as a whole seemingly has more opportunities for people to get FaceTime on different stuff like social media, their network, stuff like that. So, Right. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, we've run down a list of top stars they have. I'm just, I'm just curious how they make it all work. For the time being, though, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish as a unit. That's going to get some TV time. That's going to be put in a prominent position. So it's all going to be good. I, I just always find it funny, though, how Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly could beat the daylights out of each other in a promotion. So, like, Ring of Honor. <laughs> Obviously, they were tag team partners, and then they be, they split up, and they just go in as a blood feud. And then after, I believe, 
I believe Adam Cole showed up first. No, oh no, Red Dragon showed up first, and then Adam Cole. And then once they get back together in NXT, it's like, hey, we're friends again, right? And it's like, okay, let's be friends. And then they turn on each other and they beat the daylights out of each other in NXT. And then they separate. Adam Cole leaves again. <laughs> Kyle, and this time it's Adam Cole who leaves first. And then Kyle Raleigh and Bobby Fish follow. And now they're friends again. It's like, hey, look at that. They just break up to make up, apparently. <laughs> so, and, the, and we'll probably see that break up again at some point in the future in AEW, mm-hmm. but... Uh, for the time being, they're on the same page, obviously, and that's nice. You know, it's always nice to see people getting along. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, obviously, this is building to elite versus. I don't know if they call them undisputed elite or something like that. I don't know, but either way, it makes sense to have Kenny Omega and Adam Cole, two potentially top guys, and that group together. Uh, it make to me, I would put them against each other. <laughs> like, this group ain't big enough for the two of us. Like. We, we yeah, and they have ways, plenty so. of time to kind of build that too with Kenny Omega out. They can yeah. uh, really elevate Adam Cole to where you know he is viewed as one of the uh, musty portions of AEW every week. Whereas up to this point, I didn't really feel that way. I thought he was just kind of like in the just middle in kind of in there. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't bad stuff, but it wasn't like right away. There was those bad faith arguments like, see, Adam Cole's in the mid card. He could have been in a main event in WWE. It's like, he, man, you don't know. Like he, Jack. he regressed. <laughs> yeah. He got worse. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, that that was always a bad faith argument to me. But at the same time, I was like, man, I kind of do wish they put him at the real at the top like right away. But, you know, I understand that's it, it's easier said than done. And as a fan, uh, you're not exactly you know, privy to a lot of things behind the scenes uh, that we think we are just because we read them online. But uh, this will be fun to see, you know, the what they do as a trio and then when Kenny Omega comes back and just see what happens. We will see what happens. But obviously a uh, big deal that Kenny Omega, not Kenny Omega, Kyle O'Reilly <laughs> <laughs> is now in AEW. I mean, makes perfect sense from uh if i'm a Kyle O'Reilly, i think he made the right decision because i don't think think wwe was going to do really anything with him besides pay him a bunch of money mm-hmm. to look stupid on tv mm-hmm. i would imagine AEW could pay him a bunch of money as well to look not stupid on tv so not at all right <laughs> you know we're not talking like kevin owens who secured a big big bag apparently yeah. somewhere in like the two or three million per year range and they don't make necessarily make him look stupid on TV, and he's always kind of figured in near the top or close to it. He's in that periphery. Kyle O'Reilly, there's no telling what they're going to do with him, uh, or they, what they would have done with him if he made it to the, when he, when he got to the main roster. So uh, at least Kevin Owens, he kind of knows, like, hey, I've been on the main roster now for what six, five, six years. He kind of knows how right. this works with with Vince McMahon and his wild and craziness. Uh, but Kyle O'Reilly is a little different, so I don't blame him at all. He gets to rejoin his tag team partner and, and, and Bobby Fish. When was the last time there was a tag team? It's been a while uh, since they were t- teaming up. And they get to join up with Adam Cole and, and do cool stuff again. And I'm sure they'll maybe win the tag titles and he can electric guitar down to the ring. Uh, the air guitar, I said not electric guitar. Uh, air guitar down to the ring with the belt like he used to in NXT and all that stuff. So all that good stuff. It's all it's all fine. So good for Kyle O'Reilly. Good for AEW. And we'll see yeah. where it goes. Another feather in the cap. And his fedora type cap? He wears those. He likes those. Sure, why not? 
<laughs> I was I was actually in when I said that I was like oh, another feather at AEW's cap, but that makes more sense I think with where you were going with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. But but enough of this current nonsense. Yeah, boo. <laughs> <laughs> enough of that. You ready to deep dive? Dive deep into it's time. Nineteen ninety six. It's time. Oh, it's I time. That's a yes. I stopped it. Yeah, I can't like because Vader's not there. So I, all, all I can use is. It's time. <laughs> that's about it. And that's it. That's technically the name of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're not implying. I, I still that don't Vader... understand why they can't just change it. Uh, oh my god, three months in advance, you already have it set, but things change. Like, okay, well, I mean, just send out Promotional materials stuff, are out there. Like, it's probably a multi-billion more... dollar company. Maybe multi-million at that time, but probably you can still do it. Done. I always probably thought it was stupid. Easier said than done when you got, like, promotional materials. Ah, and they got their commercials ready, and, you know. It's not like you're changing the sponsor. Karate Fighters was, like, sponsoring everything back then. <laughs> They were. They're trying to get people to. We gotta get some karate fighters. I gotta get some karate fighters. I'm sure they exist yeah. on the internet out there, and I'm sure I don't know how much they cost. I'm gonna look them up in a second, actually. Mm. But um, I'm sure they can buy them something from somebody out there. Got some karate fighters. Thousands of dollars. Well, let me look them up real quick before we get into this. <laughs> you want me to uh, play the intro? Uh, sure. Why, why not? Like while I do that, let, let's hit yeah, it. Let's... For the longest time, I've thought about one thing. Being the World Wrestling Federation champion again and again and again. Sure, Psycho Sid is six foot nine, but I can promise you one thing. You will be excellently executed by the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. If I want one thing, I want that title. You're standing in my way. And now, Milton Bradley Karate Fighters presents WWF in your house. It's time. Man, that was dramatic. Sorry, I'm probably going to annoy you with that today. So, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've already felt it. I'm, We're I'm, 13 minutes in, 14 minutes in, and that's it. You've had it. <laughs> it is what it is. I, I expected it. After the first time you played it, I was like, oh, well, this is going to be the episode. This is how it's going to be. Every time I say it, I'm going to get played. That's just how it's going to be here on episode... 311 but <laughs> i'm about to say it again actually uh, <laughs> don't so worry I'm not, you know, i don't want to make you like hesitant to say it so i will try <laughs> to uh i'll try to control myself in your house it's time. time all right that's it that's it <laughs> was brought to us by the world wrestling federation on december 15th 1996 it emanated from the west palm beach auditorium in west Palm Beach, Florida. The building is now known as the West Palm Beach Christian Convention Center. It's like a convention center for like Jehovah's Witnesses now. 
about that? I don't know if you knew that. No, so, I did not. But back then, it was just a normal building. Uh, mm-hmm. The building was uh, built in 1965. It is the former home of the Florida Bobcats of the Arena Football League. Of course, I knew that. You did. Uh, the Florida Hammerheads of a, of a roller hockey league. I don't know which one that was. And the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. That was an Ooh. indoor soccer team. So a lot of wild stuff happening at the West Palm Beach Auditorium, now known as the West Palm Beach Christian Convention Center. So there you go. Nothing uh, says, tag- uh, you know, December pay-per-view like West Palm Beach, Florida. I mean, that's where I'd like to be in December, though. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at least like, I like that weather. You know, it's not a bad place to be. Uh, I'm gonna think of it. I think they WWF tries to do pay per views in like warm climates in December. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong about the that. Pre- but... The previous uh, one we did was in the her- right here in our backyard, Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. So that's true. I don't know what they thought about this uh, year. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Hershey Park, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, it ain't warm out there Mm-mm. in Hershey Park. Even had to put um, the snow on the in your house logo to make sure we knew it was cold. Right. Yeah, you knew. Even though everybody knows. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just in case you didn't. The snowballs uh, against the, you know, throwing right, the snowballs the against the door. The tagline for the show was super catchy. I don't know if you knew the tagline, but it's called Sharpshooter versus Powerbomb. Like, you can't get better than that. And I mean, that's look just at right the poster. on the poster. Did you check out the poster? You got Bret Hart giving the sharpshooter to Ric Flair when he won the title, his first WWF mm. title, and then Sid powerbombing Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I mean, that's legit. Is that, is that Bradshaw's first pay-per-view, pay-per-view poster? Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Powerbombed by Sid. I would put money on it. <laughs> I'd put money on it as well, and he probably didn't appear on a whole lot no, more. No, not anymore until, until 2004. Until he was JBL. Yeah. I mean, I don't recall the APA getting on a bunch of pay-per-view posters. Um, maybe like uh, maybe. as like a compilation, right. yeah. But not like them themselves being featured. But I know for one, he was definitely on the cover of well, I can't remember which one it was, but it's hit like his face. He's like smiling, like a political like ad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forget what show that was that he was in the uh, poster for, but it, that you know it might have been other ones he was in the poster for. Mm-hmm. So congrats to Justin Hawk Bradshaw. <laughs> poster pay-per-view poster debut. Getting flung through the air by Psycho Sid. Yeah, he's not uh, even all the way up. He's just like still going up, and not, not a flattering photo for him at all. I mean, there's not too many ways you can look flattering while you're getting <laughs> driven, <know. laughs> driven into the ground by a six foot nine man. Um, <laughs> well, on the call for the show is Vince McMahon, Jerry the King Lawler, and Jim Ross. So did, I forgot that. <laughs> I almost forget that they just called him Good Old Jr. for like a year. Like they didn't yeah. call him Jim Ross, I don't think. It's just again, good old JR, and that's it. But that's his name. Yeah, that's it. Good old JR. Uh, and the opening match for In Your House, It's Time is a one on one contest between Leaf Cassidy and Flash Funk. Oh! oh. Oh my god, Vince McMahon. Just say you're white without saying As soon as I heard that, I was like, wait a second. 
Now, we do deep dives almost every week on here. And I was like, I know he said that before. And so I went, I knew it was that Survivor Series, but I didn't realize it was during Flash Fun's entrance. So he was literally trying to make this a thing with Flash yes. Funk because, uh, like, no one even said it. Like, I know that's right. Like, what, what's right, Vince? Like, what what are you trying to do here? Exactly. That's a, <laughs> like, I know that's right. That's a thing that black people do say. I know that's right. Oh, that's a for show right on, something like that. Like, But, like, when you agree with something that somebody did, you know, I know that's right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a thing that people say. But, like, out of context, like, here with Vince McMahon, it's just, like, white people, white Again. Like, <laughs> and he says in this boisterous, gravelly, I know, that's right. So it's like, that's the catchphrase we came up with for Flash Funk. Uh, somebody must have told Vince, like, hey, this is something that black people, that might connect with black people. Maybe Tuco Scorpio himself said that. Like, hey, this could be my catchphrase. Or some white person, <laughs> and let's say this. <laughs> yeah, Okay. Prob- probably. Like, Vince saw that in his mind. That's going to be on t-shirts. That's going to be on signs. Maybe even people are going to be chanting it from the crowd. I know that's right. I know that's right. Like clap, 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 clap. Right. I know that's right. <laughs> that's what wow. Vince had in his mind. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Vince tried to. He he tried, failed miserably, but he tried to put <laughs> some. He tried to push Scorpio. Right. He gave yeah. him the big entrance. He gave him the pyro. But yeah. much like a lot of things. He was the shiny new toy that he got tired of. And I'm sure over time, the girls went away. The pyro went away. He probably didn't even get an entrance by the time he got released. He was just <laughs> like, there's Flash Funk, y'all. He, he didn't have a coat. He didn't have a hat. You know what I'm saying? Like that, We've seen that <laughs> dozens of times, right? With Del Rio, it was the pyro, the Nicar. Yeah. They lost Ricardo Rodriguez. Then yeah. It was one thing after another that kind of shipped away. I'm sure that happened to Flash Funk. And I, 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 like I, I, the effort was there in the beginning, though. The problem was Flash Funk looked like something out of the 1970s in 1996. By 1996 standards, the way Flash Funk looked was outdated, bro. He looked like a pimp in the 70s. He did. He did. Like my like, girl saw it. I was watching this. My girl saw this and was like, oh, he's a pimp with hose. <laughs> like, no, babe, that's Godfather. He's a pimp with hose. Flash Funk is just he's he's all about positivity and having a good time. <laughs> like it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because when the Godfather first came on the scene with you know the pimp character, I was like, this guy like the this the motif looks familiar, like the hat and everything. And <laughs> the only thing Flash Funk didn't have, or the only thing he, Godfather didn't have, was the the big coat. Uh, but he did like eventually have that down the road, uh, but. Like Flashlock didn't have the cane, I guess. Like that was the difference. That I was just like, these presentations look similar to me, and I didn't even know anything about Pimpin or anything like that back then. I was just like, what? Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what is this character? Didn't know. Like Pimpin. Like I had no clue what that was. I really did. I know. Like you heard me say, it's funny, right? Like cause it I, is. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm putting the G on the end. Pimping. <laughs> is not easy as I've so as I've heard. No contractions allowed. Pimping is not easy. Pimping is not easy. Uh it's just this is what this man thought black people dressed like in nineteen ninety six. Pretty much it. It's like, all right, we got a black guy, he's pretty exciting, he's got some flashy moves, he's got some charisma, put a hat 
with a brim on it, you know, fedora, give him a fur coat, give him those knee-high boots that look like yeah, something a stripper man. would wear. Yeah. Uh, give him the, the flashy suit, the, 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 the uh, I don't know what you, unitard for him that <laughs> like he was wearing. I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> give him some girls. He can dance too. Oh, man. Black guy that can dance and he dresses kind of flashy. Put his ass on TV today. And we're going to push him. I don't blame Scorpio for taking the job and trying to get paid. You got to get your money. All right. Do what you got to do. And this is like the only job that black people was getting in wrestling probably back in the, mm. in, what we know back in the day. So I don't blame Scorpio. It is what it is. But he had bills to pay. But yeah. it's just like, come on. <laughs> like this is this is the representation of black people to Vince McMahon in 1996. Again, even by 1996, he looked outdated. That's not how we dress in 1996. That's not how we dress today. <laughs> like maybe the hat, but the, the 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 coat that didn't go past his ribs. Come on now, the boots, the boots. Yeah, those what were, were those. I didn't like them uh, to begin with, and I. Uh, I mean, my favorite. I will say when. WWF went to Jack's uh, Pacific for their new action figures and like with the bone crunching action. Flash Funk was my favorite action figure. They did go all out for his action figure, so I'll give him. Two more Scorpio. Let's give him his flowers for, for like. Yes, he is dope. Like he was ahead of his time. Very much. Got so. his size. He'd be doing four fifty splashes and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, he was amazing. Like you, you just talked said talked about his size. I didn't realize how like big he was compared to Al Snow. Even like. I, I was watching this match and saw Al, or sorry, Leaf Cassidy, uh, pick him yeah. up and body slam him. And it was just like, he almost was like struggling because, you know, Scorpio was so big. Not fat, but just like big frame and everything. I just didn't realize right? it. A, yeah. I just didn't realize it back there. then. Right. He was definitely very uh, built up, uh, and but to still move. Uh, he yeah. was kind of, like I said, he's definitely ahead of his time. I'm sure he inspired some wrestlers out there who are wrestling today who watched him during his prime but yeah. again i don't blame him even though just him being him was dope like who didn't like tuco scorpio like right. he was dope he didn't need a gimmick but this is wwf and especially <laughs> in the 90s Vincent man's like how can i make this something that isn't that isn't necessary <laughs> yeah. you know, like how can i do something that's with exactly this? what he says <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because he's he, that's what he has to do. Instead of seeing Steve Austin, he's like ringmaster. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he saw Mark Calloway. It was like Undertaker. That one worked. Yeah, kind of surprising in a way. He saw Glenn Jacobs and said dentist. <laughs> like, <laughs> before that, Diesel, <laughs> then dentist. Or was it Diesel? No, no it was dentist, the dentist then first diesel. and then Diesel. And... Right. Yeah. So again, he saw Glenn Jacobs. Dentist, like he just yeah. Glenn Jacobs is six ten, and we got to make sure that dentist power. has terrible teeth, <laughs> right? Because it's a joke, right? He's a dentist with bad teeth. Come on, that's just writes itself. <laughs> like this is how this man Lisa's mind worked, especially back then. It still kind of works that way today. Oh yeah. Uh, you see, when God gets to the main roster, Keith Lee all of a sudden became Bearcat Lee. It's like what? <laughs> he was wearing a loincloth all of a sudden. It's like what? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. He was in. He was in NXT. He was shirtless and he was limitless. Keith Lee, he, limitless meaning that despite his size, he could do whatever that needs to yeah. be done to win matches. He could do moonsaults. He could do power stuff. He's he has no limits. And he was running around shirtless, and people wasn't going around like, uh look at this big old slob here." They was like, "Oh man, he can. This dude can go right because nobody cares about that type of stuff yeah. <laughs> pretty much, right?" 
Especially yeah. when you look at his stature. It's not like he's short. He was like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, Come on now. Clearly an athletic guy. Uh, but no. Bearcat. <laughs> what? Then released. Like, that, that's yeah. what they do. You know, Karrion Cross. they made him look like the fourth member of Dem- Demolition out there. Like, <laughs> instead of just being Karrion Cross with his hot wife and having yeah, to didn't even pictures, bring her up. Not once, so. Didn't even uh, bring her up. No, we got to do something. Give him a helmet and some and some S and M uh, and some leather. Yeah. Make sure it makes an X yeah. around his body. He's he's the son of Axe. <laughs> the, the son of uh, Smash. Somebody, <laughs> somebody <Yeah>. in demolition. <laughs> We're gonna tell that story at some point. Uh, so yeah, this is just how Vince McMahon's mind works for some reason. Uh, doesn't make any sense. The, the weird, the funny thing is. Here in WWF, we got Leaf Cassidy and Flash Funk, right? <laughs> Opening a show in WWF 1996. Al Snow versus Two Court Scorpio would have been so much better. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This match could have played out exactly the same, but because it was Al Snow and Two Court Scorpio, yeah, like, that match was dope. characters, man. Well, it's just, the characters made it terrible. I was never a fan of Leaf Cassidy at all. I thought he was a, a nerd. All, and like... <laughs> Jim Ross would always Geek? try to hype these guys on commentary, like, oh, it's a great wrestler. He can do this and that. I'd be like, man, it's Leaf Cassidy. Get the hell out of here. Like, no, his he, name he is literally Leaf does not Cassidy. matter. <laughs> his name is Leaf Cassidy, and he's wearing the Rockers gear. Yeah. What? <laughs> he didn't yeah. even have his own gear. <laughs> like, it, it, they're going to split the Rockers, I guess. Uh, so this was uh, a month after Survivor Series. We we covered that. Marty Jannetty blew out his knee or went into went, went into it with like a bad leg or bad ankle or something. So right. Cassidy was on his own by this point. So why not just give him like different gear at least? You know, did they right. expect Marty Jannetty to come right back and then you're, you're going to do the new rockers again? Like what? How have you not yeah. moved on from that at this point? It's <laughs> December 15th, you know, 1996. So yeah, Leaf Cassidy was never anything for me until he went to ECW as Al Snow and brought in head and all that and did that character. That's what I was like, oh, this guy rules. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, you just change the name, change the gimmick. All of a sudden, this is a good match. But <laughs> Leaf Cassidy and Flash Funk were Flash Funk dancing his way to the ring and Vince going, I know, that's right. Woo, <laughs> man. Um, again, the match wasn't bad. We had Leaf Cassidy hitting a belly-to-belly suplex on Funk yeah. over the top rope and yeah. outside of the ring. Yep. Um, that made Vince yell, what a maneuver, which, you know, <laughs> that's what you're looking for, I guess, back in 1996. Uh, then Cassidy hit a plancha outside of the ring. It's like, oh, yeah. you didn't see planchas and stuff like that in WWF. Um, this was pretty much as good of an opening match you would find in WWF. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, you just, they had some innovative offense. It was almost like... Oh, this is like a you know WCW style type of match where they open the show with the cruiserweights. And obviously, the cruiserweights would do a lot more. Um, but for WWF, this was as exciting as it got for, for the most part, as far as like uh, aerial offense, so to speak, uh, for the opening match. I mean, Cassidy again hit like a, a variation of the lowdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know if you noticed that. Yep, did. Uh, like I said, pretty exciting by WWF standards and. Flash Funk hit a 450 splash for the win. Again, Flash Funk was every bit of like 230. <laughs> yeah. And hitting yeah. 450 yeah. splashes from the top rope. It looked like his knee may have connected with uh, Cassidy's face. Not sure about bit. that. 
maybe 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 he was just a, the, the boot was so big and floppy it just hit his face and didn't it wasn't actually his knee uh but jim ross wrongly called it a shooting star press he did he said, come on jim he's not a shooting star that's a 450 splash baby exactly well deserved well deserved um at one point though in the match uh vince mentioned that uh flash funk looked like riddick bow i guess because he was getting beat up and and whatnot, and Riddick, he said he looked like Riddick Bowe after last night's fight with Galata. And, you know, I had to do my research. Yes. Uh, that was a world title. I don't know if it was a world title fight or not, but either way, Riddick Bowe faced Andrew Galata the night before on pay-per-view, I would assume. It was the second of two fights they had together against each other in 1996. Both of them ended in disqualification with Riddick Bowe winning. Hmm. So... That's the second time we've mentioned Riddick Bowe in the podcast, <laughs> by the way. The first time was when Bobby Heenan brought him up because he, <laughs> I think in 97 or maybe it was 98 when he tried to join the Marines and only lasted like 21 days. And he's like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I quit. <laughs> I'm out of here. Not doing this Marine stuff. So there is that. Anything else you want to add to that match? Uh, you you pretty much said it perfectly. Uh very different style that we would see in WWF, especially for an opening match. Uh, very WCW-like in the way, and it reminded me of like how much more I liked those opening matches in WCW at this point, because the commentary really put the guys over as well. I, they didn't need to be like characters. They were, oh, this guy wrestled in Japan, or this guy wrestled in Mexico. He held this title, held that title. Like today, you know, being there to explain certain things for uh, these guys that we otherwise wouldn't know. I mean, we didn't have the internet back then, so I was like, wait, this guy, I've never seen him before, and then you have Mike today kind of lend credibility to it. Here, that's the only difference. You know, the match was great, but like, it was two characters kind of going at it, and it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, for right. me, I was like, okay, like, I do Flash Flunk, what's too cold, Scorpio, I had seen him in WCW, I had seen him in ECW, but like, what's he gonna do here any differently? Then I've already seen him, and then Leaf Cassidy to me was just a dork. Like I was just so <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even I didn't even look f- like Jim Ross would say. Yeah, I didn't even like him wrestling. I was just like, oh, Leaf Cassidy, really? Like you know, and and look, I was ten years old, eleven years old. Like I just wasn't into it. So uh, yeah. I appreciated the match more now, watching it back, than I did back then. So a lot of times yeah. when I would take these. Pay-per-views, I'm like, man, why am I taping this? Like, I, I'm taping the whole event, but like, geez, I'm taping this? Like, why? Just on the tape. <laughs> Pretty much. But good match. It's, I enjoyed it. it. It's a testament to, like, how important being over is. Because yeah. the match itself, physically, from bell to bell, was a good match. But who the hell cares when neither guy is over? I mean, Flash Funk just got there, so you can't really right. hold it against him too much. And he was saddled with, both of them were saddled with bad gimmicks, but Flash Funk was like brand new, and they were trying to push him, trying to make him over. Yeah, it just wasn't going to work because it's bad planning. It's bad. It's a bad plan. Like you could blame Scorpio for not getting it over, but sometimes, man, it's it's unsalvageable. You can't just get it yeah, over when I mean, it's I terrible. Don't know. He, like, he was trying. He was going around, be like, "It's time look, to get funky." Like he was looking big, right at the I, camera. I, so I remember he was doing his thing, but like, it, it, what? Come on, bro. So it's important that two people that are over can make a match so much better. Yeah. Right? And if Scorpio uh, or Funk, in this case, and Leaf Cassidy were over, 
we'll be talking about this is this is damn good but because they weren't mm-hmm. it's just like i don't care at all and that's yeah. literally it i don't like that's wrestling like you have to make people care for some something and even you know the moves the moves are great but i gotta yeah. be emotionally invested at some point and i don't know if anybody was in this match i just kind of think back maybe they could have introduced either a light heavyweight or like the cruiserweight type title a secondary title the european title or whatever before that i mean they eventually did a few months later than this actually but a match like this uh for something would have been i think a lot more interesting than just an opener on a pay-per-view that obviously nobody cared about leaf cassidy um, everyone was still kind of like, who is this Flash Funk guy? Like, the WWF right. audience might, I don't know how much overlap there was, but WWF's always had kind of a different audience than hardcore wrestling fans 100% of the time. So who knows, you know, what the people in West Palm Beach, Florida were, were thinking while he was out there. But I just, like, why not give him a, why not introduce a secondary title way, secondary mid-card title way before uh, they did? You know, it would have helped matches like this out. Yeah, stakes stakes always help matches. So, yeah, something on the line at stake, something something on the line that always helps matches. Uh, but moving on, we had a quick promo for the 1997 Royal Rumble, which of course is the next month. Uh, but it wasn't really for the pay per view itself. It was actually for <laughs> the home video release. Weird. Which I found kind of odd when that was set to debut on March 11th. So it's kind of kind of odd. It's like, yeah. hey. We're not even going to show you. The, we're not even talking about the pay per view. We're just talking about the home video. Like, yeah, please I buy wonder, it. It, like, what these certain shows, like, what version of these shows are they uploading to Peacock? Because clearly, this had to be like this had to be a home video, right? Yeah, a home video that came out like the month, like the yeah. next month. Because so, in real time, it makes no sense to promote the home video release for a show that hasn't happened. Yet. <laughs> exactly. Like, you're going to promote the actual event. Like and all the that, highlights were from the '96 Royal Rumble, <laughs> like right. Okay, it's almost a year ago now. So, right. Whatever. Well, I mean, look, you're gonna promote a Royal Rumble, you use past Royal Rumble footage, but the home video release is getting the promotion. Like they they yeah. must be using, and it makes sense. I mean, like WWF may have the uh, raw files from the pay per view itself, but they probably just, especially for older shows. Take the home video, upload that to the streaming yeah. service. Like, maybe it's easier for the newer shows, um, but I'm sure WWE now they're like, just take this Coliseum video H, uh, VHS or DVD and throw that onto this thing. Like, people won't care. <laughs> like, yeah. People won't know that. People, won't people know like the me difference. come along and like, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> right. I know right. that ain't right. 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 There's always. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're, you're from 1849 now. All of a sudden, I'm an angry old get, white guy. <laughs> go get me some, get me the actual pay per view copy. <laughs> go and get it. I reckon I don't like this Coliseum video version of this show. Go on and get me that pay per view copy. Go and get. <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> not moving fast enough. Go on. <laughs> so, yeah, that was. <laughs> Go on, get it. That was interesting. Yeah. Go on, get <laughs> um, But moving on, it is now time for the WWF World Tag Team titles to be defended 
Owen Hart and British Bulldog are defending against quote unquote Razor Ramon and quote unquote Diesel because <laughs> we're still using the fake Razor and the fake Diesel long after the real ones left. Like this is they left in what like after WrestleMania, so talking like April. Yeah. We're now in December, bro. <laughs> yeah, but these guys, uh, they didn't debut until September, so maybe they, they thought they were the... They gave them time to get over. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time. They should have never debuted. <laughs> but it's still like, we're six months past, or eight months past them leaving. Come on. Maybe yeah. as a one-time thing, but now they're getting tag title shots? What the hell is going on here? And Jim Ross is like still like incredulous as to why people would boo these guys. He just can't believe that the fans are booing these guys because you're insulting our intelligence on a weekly basis. And maybe that's part of the joke, but it's just dumb. And it makes you look kind of second rate when you're imitating guys who willingly left and they're now thriving in this new world order on yeah, WCW. Yeah. And here you are with literally cheap imitations of them <laughs> like literal cheap imitations because i'm sure they paid them much less than what the actual scott hall kevin ash were getting paid <laughs> right uh, can so you imagine WWF standards cheap imitations of those guys it just made wwf look bad in my opinion it's just a bad look yeah and i was so pro wwf back then and i even i was just like man can we can we stop this because it, it does make me feel stupid watching this and Having Jim Ross, you know, like just to have someone counteract Jim Ross wasn't enough on commentary. Like it didn't make me feel any better about watching what I was watching. <laughs> like Diesel, Glenn Jacobs was what a final third participant in the damn Royal Rumble. Like Bret Hart got rid of him, and then Austin, you know, eliminated him to win the Rumble in '97. Like, why are we giving these guys those prominent positions? Diesel wasn't even in uh, that final four match, you know? Like, I guess because he technically was eliminated by someone that wasn't eliminated, but uh, still, like, they were put in, the, in these positions where, you know, back then I was just like, man, what are, what are they doing? And even as a kid, I just felt almost embarrassed to watch it. And yeah. no, I think knowing how great the NWO was on the other channel, it's like, man, right? it, it's even worse. They out there just riding high, like just killing yeah. the game. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They out there too sweet on camera, and they got the world title, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> like, and it, it's they're almost like the they're not even addressing it either. I, maybe they did once or twice on TV, but I would I remember watching, thinking if they would like mention it all in their promos and on Nitro or something, and they never did. So I was like, man, they're so cool because they don't even care about. Them, those guys like that makes them so much even like so much cooler than I thought they already were. Like, well, I'll get so angry. Month, they're literally a month away from getting their own pay per view, sold yeah. out it was in yeah. January. <laughs> like, yep. and here you are with cheap knockoffs. <laughs> it just makes WWE look bad in, in hindsight. Mm -hmm. At the time, like, I just don't understand the logic behind it. And like I said, they out here. Doing their thing, living their best life <laughs> down in Atlanta. Like, I mean, selling out shows, selling merchandise, like making headlines. I mean, Hulk Hogan's about to go on Leno in, in a couple months. Like, it, things is <laughs> happening. <laughs> and y'all got Glenn Jacobs and Rick Titan. Yeah. Like, what the hell? What the hell's going on here? Um, before the match, Kevin Kelly was backstage. 
he's with Bulldog and Owen Hart as they were not quite on the same page because of Steve Austin. Because mm-hmm. he was attacking Bulldog and he was in Bulldog's head. And Owen Hart wanted Bulldog to stay focused on the match, which is, you know, makes sense. Uh, at one point in the match, though, we have Triple A's, Cibernetico and Pierroff come to mm-hmm. the ring in Triple A shirts, in their mask, and slacks. That's, that's <laughs> some mid-90s attire right there, boy. Shirt tucked in it is. to the pants, too. Got to have the shirt tucked in. Uh, but this was, of course, leading up to the War Rumble. WWF had established a relationship with AAA and had multiple of multiple of their superstars or the star. I sound like a WWF employee now. Multiple <laughs> members of their superstar roster, um, but multiple AAA guys come up and take part in the Royal Rumble. We live commentated the 1987 Royal Rumble, and you can check that out in our archives. We made fun of, I think it was um, Mill Maskers. Yeah, eliminating outfit. himself. Yeah. But the outfit, though, before oh, he yeah. eliminated himself, oh, he embarrassed yeah. himself with the outfit that was a little shiny and glittery and all mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. go check that out in the archives. Uh, us, I'll probably re- actually repost that in January on the lead up. So, but it, it was look Nick, out for that. Me and uh, the third man, Brian Isley, in the studio, live commentating uh, the Royal Rumble '97. A lot of <laughs> fun. Ahmed Johnson for root banter <laughs> on that show. Uh, talking about how ashy Ahmed Johnson was and how terrible uh, Mil Masquerous looked <laughs> in his gear <laughs> um, on this night. But um, yeah, that's what that was leading to. Triple A guys being in the Royal Rumble. Was just, the show was in San Antonio. Of course, it's not far from Mexico, so it makes sense. Uh, Austin also comes out during the match and he immediately jumps on. Well, Bulldog immediately jumped on Austin as soon as he got out there. However, Bulldog was a legal man in the match and almost got himself counted out, but he did mm-hmm. not. He got himself back in the mm-hmm. ring, uh, and then officials got Austin away from the ringside area. Um, but at the end of the day, British Bulldog and Owen Hart, they retained by beating quote-unquote Diesel and quote-unquote Razor, which clearly pissed off Jim Ross. <laughs> you could tell in his voice. <laughs> He was not happy about what was happening in the later, the latter stag- stages of this match. Um, you can tell he was you, big man. You know, uh, you know, nowadays with his AEW, when he's on a commentary, uh, even when he started, a lot of even in New Japan, when he would he would do some of that stuff, a lot of people criticized him uh, for what they uh, felt to be some lackadaisical effort on uh, Jim Ross's part. Uh, here, he was not lackadaisical with his effort at all he was not at all he was so into what he was doing it was so believable i thought so many times even a live wire when he would lay into vince mcmahon lay into like the wwf as a whole and i'd be like why is he here then like why does he hate he hates the wwf but he's like here every week like i don't understand (laughs) you know i'm 10 11 years old i don't know what the hell's going on i'm like dude just leave then i don't want like I'm watching something, I don't want you to like criticize what I'm watching every week. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's one of the highest ranked officials or executives yeah. in the company. <laughs> I had no idea. Making a ton of cash. But um yeah. <laughs> I remember at one point like, that's stupid. Why would you do that? He was so <laughs> mad. Oh hell, why they lose? <laughs> God damn it. Like clearly he had that's he great. wanted those guys to win. That he was is so great. upset when they lost. 
So that was. We need fun. more Jim Ross uh, impersonations from you. <laughs> God damn it, Sassafras! <laughs> <laughs> Why would you boo these guys? They're good looking. They're just as good as the other guy. They're better looking than the other guys. Who would never right mind would boo Diesel and Razor? Sassafras. All right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I always find it funny that he would complain about them getting booed. Like why why would you Yeah, do that? yeah. And it's it made me laugh. Like I I understand that and I was like, well he's the guy that bought him in, so I got like it makes sense to me, not uh as a fan, but he just would get so annoying. I'm like, man, shut up. Like just deal with it. Why don't you go be their manager then? Like be another Jim Cornette and get get out of the commentary booth. I would get so annoyed at him for like so many things and it's just funny looking back like realizing i guess uh, i was supposed to or that was just part of what the hell he was doing that was his character at that point it was all bad <laughs> even if he legitimately got the heat that they were looking for it was still all bad yeah <laughs> it was yeah. really bad yeah bad look for wwf mm-hmm. back in 1996 uh, but moving on, Austin attacks British Bulldog after the match. Mm-mm. So that's still a, a thing. And then we get a glimpse of the Nation of Domination backstage at the AOL chat table room, whatever. And they they got they got their own people yeah. to type. We don't need <laughs> your, your your white people to type, but we want some brothers typing. <laughs> they're gonna type the right words, right? And they all there in their suits and bow ties typing uh, away and. You know, chatting with the folks out there on AOL, America Online. Man. Um, by the way, before that, at the end of that match when uh, Austin attacks Bulldog, did you notice Owen Hart? <laughs> like, so perfect. He was so perfect at everything. He, like, sees it happen. He, like, looks over his shoulder, sees Austin, like, chop lock him and kick him or whatever, and then goes and sets, sets down the title belt, sets down the Slammy, Slammy Award, and then walks over the bulldog just to make sure like he's all right and everything's done. Like <laughs> he was, and that's like that's what I remember watching. I was like, wow, Owen's not even trying to attack Austin. Like I don't think he ever tried to attack him once. You know, Bulldog and Austin had that thing, and then obviously it was leading to that Bulldog Owen feud. But then they came back together with Brett. But that those were the things I noticed a lot as a kid, and I was like, man, Owen's such a slimy jerk. Like why didn't he help Bulldog right away? He like. Just goes over to the corner, sets down his title, tag title belt, sets down his Slammy Award, and then walks back over to the Bulldog. It just, it made me laugh. Like Owen was so good at that, that just that little thing I noticed, and it just made like it literally hammered home the point to me that Owen didn't care about Bulldog. Like t- for me, like okay, Owen's the bad guy here. Obviously, they were having some friction, but it it wasn't like coming to a head yet. And it came to a head, you know, like the European title tournament right after that, but. Like this, this was like the stepping stones to that, and everything Owen did, I paid attention to because he was like so so good at it. I was like, man, what a jerk! And it made me laugh. He just walks over to the corner, puts his stuff down, and walks back over like that. Classic Owen, man. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. He's <laughs> make sure, gotta make sure that the, the slammies are taken care <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna drop this and. Maybe it gets broken, you know, on the mat. Yeah. Like, I got to set it down yeah. first, and then I'll he check on baby. He worked hard for those. <laughs> Damn it. And this is before he had two. Right. Is, well, he just well, had the one, he so he, he couldn't uh, couldn't let anything happen to that one. No. Well, moving on from that, 
We got Vince McMahon in the ring, and he introduces Ahmed Johnson, who we talked about a couple weeks ago. Not great of a talker. It's not that great of a talker, I should say. But here we are. He's in the middle of the ring with a blue jumpsuit talking with Vince McMahon. Ahmed, you're counting the days until the Royal Rumble. On January 19, finally, it will happen. The leader of the nation of domination, Farouk, will meet Ahmed Johnson. You know, first of all, this goes beyond anything that you can imagine. I've lost my girlfriend, I've lost my car, i lost my house, i lost everything due to this injury. One thing I got now is my fans. What? That's all I have. That ain't much. But that, I promise you, Farouk will feel the pain of my man Johnson through his veins. What the hell Ahmed just said? He's a something else. But he lost his house and his girl? And of course that leads us to the injured kid. Due to his injury. <laughs> I guess he got hurt. What, what, what did he hurt? This girl was like, oh, your kidney don't work? That's off. Before I met Johnson, my life was over a long time ago. That's what he don't understand. My life was over a long time ago. All I live for is these people out here. That's all I live for. Ew, why? Sir, you need to see therapy. That is not healthy. I would not live for the WWF fans. <laughs> You need to go seek some help. <laughs> He's a therapist. Go see a therapist, my brother. It's all right. It's the one character D Vince McMahon never made in WWF. Let's just wrap it up. Play me out, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so much to unpack from this. You're right? going down. Number one, Ahmed Johnson. 
He's had a rough couple of no, weeks. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it's Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> I just I clipped the way Vince said it because Vince. So it's just because of his injury, he lost his girlfriend. Like, all right, so he hurt his. He lost everything, his, man. He because he was he making no more money, and his girl was like, "Well, I'm leaving your broke ass." Like, that's is it. Wait, Vince, you weren't paying him, you son of a bitch. Right. Well, you broke now. He lost his house. Like, wait a minute, bro. Wait a second. How long were you hurt? Did they foreclosing you that fast, or were you were you renting? And the landlord was like, "Oh, you missed a couple payments. You got to go. Like, we got the sheriff for you." He evicted that ass? Like, what happened? How did you lose everything? This is clearly WWF trying to get sympathy on Ahmed, right? Yeah. He's lost everything, and the only thing he has left to fight for are the, are the fans. <sighs> he is, and he, he literally says it. That's all I live for, are these people. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who thought that would make Ahmed Johnson cool, like endearing? <laughs> like, bro, you need to go get some professional help. What you talking about? <laughs> All you live for are the people? For the people. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, Ahmed. I ain't living for those people. <laughs> I just don't understand <laughs> why he was in such dire straits. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I guess so. We're in December. When did Farouk attack him? In July? I understand so, he's hurt. I get that much. But, like, that's from yeah, a storyline standpoint. Put together, His finances yeah. were not in order at all, apparently. <laughs> yeah. like, and who is this woman? He was spending money like, like Ric Flair. <laughs> right. Like, where would the money go? Damn, she didn't go into that jumpsuit he had on, that sweatsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Where did the money go? <laughs> it didn't go into that sweatsuit, bro. He invested in Bitcoin a little too early. Coins. Bitcoins. That's it. That's all he said was just coins and just I'll buy some coins. <laughs> so that's that's one thing. I just I met Johnson and Rush. I mean he was sa- he was saving money. Guess what? I don't take my Prozac anymore. And when I get off Prozac, brother, what the hell? you don't What the hell, man? He ain't on Prozac what? no more, so. I ain't on my Prozac no more. He ain't so paying for that. He ain't paying for that. Bro, get some help. <laughs> <laughs> you have mental health issues. Okay? And look, things are going bad for you, apparently. Go get some help. Also, that woman that left you, she don't, you don't need to deal with her anyway. No, she no, no, yeah. The money. Yeah. As soon as you stop getting paid because you got hurt, she was like, bye, broke ass. <laughs> Go <laughs> folks around. Hide your money, y'all. I'm at Johnson's around. So. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. This is wild stuff. Then we get. <laughs> then we get. Um. <laughs> I'm still laughing at this. <laughs> then we get Farouk <laughs> coming out, <laughs> who says it's going to form his own race of people. <laughs> what? Because 
<laughs> I can't even talk. Because I'm at Johnson's the reason why my people are 50 years behind. And that's probably, after what he said, it's probably true. All you got to live for, these white folks? What's wrong with you, Ahmed Johnson? That's all you in got? Florida? Bro? In Florida? No. Right, they don't that. care about you, bro. You're so, in West Palm Beach, Ahmed. Like, you know, got that. Get a grip. Then he called Ahmed Johnson the Uncle Tom. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lord. So we got that. And then he says he's going to beat him. He's going to fight in front of the biggest crowd ever at the Royal Rumble. That's not remotely true. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest crowd ever in the world. That's what he said. Biggest crowd in the world. Not true. And then Ahmed goes into the weakest, wackest chant ever. The corniest, most WWF chant ever. Yeah, going down. You're going down. What the hell? That. Bro, that's trash. <laughs> that's trash. If it's supposed to be the creative genius, that's trash, bro. All of that was awful. Uh-huh, no, that's right. Awful. <sighs> I really wanted to see that match too. I was like, damn, Ahmed's gonna kill him. But because I he was the baby face, so I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna kill him. And he wound up joining the nation like five months later. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, maybe not five. Maybe it was more than that. But still, like, I thought it was going to be like this blood feud for a year. And then halfway through, it's like, you know what? I can't beat y'all. I'll join you. <sighs> this is rough, bro. This is just one year after. You are achy, breaky heart, wanna be fit. Oh, man. Oh. December pay-per-views just didn't treat Ahmed Johnson well at all, bro. Two years in a row. What would he have done the next year, the December 97 in your house, D-Generation X? Like, what would he have done? I shudder to think. (laughs) But two years in a row with awful verbiage, bro. Achy, breaky, punk. Wanna be fake punk. (laughs) What? Did he did he just say that wrong or what? <laughs> what? <sighs> this whole thing was a complete cluster. <laughs> and <laughs> we got in the midst of all this fruit calling people Uncle Tom's, we got <laughs> we got we got my man Ahmed Johnson down bad. <laughs> he suffered hard times, Daddy. Hard times, bro. It's rough out here in these streets for Ahmed Johnson. He went from, uh, you know, making money and, and doing things to broke. <laughs> like, what? It's like, man, WWF ain't paying you anything? I mean, all things considered, they're not after the Again. this record revenue they're making. But, man, it only took a few months, and then he's down bad. Where did the money go? <laughs> Again, you didn't spend it on that damn sweatsuit you was wearing. So where did it go? <laughs> like, I don't understand, bro. It's so wild. This this promo, super wild. <laughs> like, that's the only way I can describe yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, even, talk, I couldn't Prozac. even recap it. He's off his Prozac, so I couldn't even recap it properly. I was so <laughs> I was in, like, <laughs> I'm just laughing my ass off. 
after watching it and then trying to retell it. Still laughing my ass off. I mean, hey, the chant picked up steam. <laughs> a lot of people were chanting it. So, you, you know what? You're right about that. But my God, I remember Awful. thinking, "Wow, that's so simple." But if I was in the crowd, I don't know if I would chant. Like I didn't. I wasn't a big chanter or cheer her. The only thing I remember cheering for when I went to a 1998 Raw, which was like my only event in years at that time, was uh, when Stone Cold Steve Austin came out. The crowd chanted Austin, and I was chanting Austin, Austin. That was it. There you go. I didn't do anything you else. I didn't chant anything else. <laughs> Man, that was wild. But Sitting up there in the upper level, on. be like, you know what, Stone Cold, he's a real one. I'll chant for him. But everything else, I'm just gonna sit here and be quiet. <laughs> we got to move on. We got to move on <laughs> to the video package. Narrated by the greatest of all time. And Mark Merrow. Todd Pettengill. He voiced it, right? He did. The GOAT. Uh, he, he talked all about their rivalry, which including which included, I should say, Triple H helping Mark Merrow win the Intercontinental Championship just so he could take it from him. I'm thinking like that's very nice, Triple H, to help somebody win a title. Yeah, he knew like, he, he who Mark Barrow beat Farouk in the final, so he was like, "Oh, I can't beat Farouk, so I gotta I make Mark have it." I guess, um, but he knew. I guess he could knew <laughs> he could beat Mark Barrow, but it's still nice of him to give him a title. That's pretty nice. Sure. Uh, but after the video package, we move on to the. Intercontinental Championship match. We got Hunter Hearst Helmsley defending against Mark Merrow. In the beginning of this match, <laughs> there were no snows. And Jim Ross had a hell of a quip about them being no snows. They're nose to nose. That gives Helmsley the advantage. I'll say. All good <laughs> men have prominent proboscises. I say. Wow. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> Jim Ross, man. Straight savage with some of these. Uh... I'll tell you, man. And Which, it was just so random. It was like not even a change in tone. It was just like part of the analysis he had. <laughs> you know, <it> was <laughs> like straight down the middle, but like, you know, what gives, who, who gets the advantage for this thing and that thing? Well, Helmsley's nose gives him the advantage when they're nose to nose. Right. And to me, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, if, if you know, their nose to nose, wouldn't Hunter be further away from Mark? And therefore, Mark would be able to see better. I don't know. Look, you're applying way too much logic into this. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know nose. if I agree with JR on that note. That's the joke. Triple A's got a big nose. He got big old snives. <laughs> ah. That's it. <laughs> and he had another one. He had another one as well. What a Wow. And that's God. where that's where we that's what that's why I clipped it because I was like, why did Jim Ross say I know that's right? Like, what is going on here in the WWF in nineteen ninety six? 
I know that's right. Like, what are we doing here? They didn't know. They're just making it up as they went along. <laughs> Anytime somebody says pompicity on the air. The only thing JR knew was winging. Razor and Diesel were legit. <laughs> they were just winging it out there. They were. At certain points. Um, Mark Merrow and, and Helmsley, I should say. Mm. I thought they were having a damn good match. And then Golda shows up. Golda shows up and knocks the hell out of both of them with the title belt. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that... That that match was fine until Goldust messed it all up. He, he didn't give a damn about the quality of the match. <laughs> uh, but he meant to hit Helmsley in the beginning. Helmsley ducks, he hits Amaro, but then he turns right around and hits Helmsley. So there you go. Amaro uh, gets back into the ring, beating the 10 count. But guess who doesn't? The champion, Helmsley. He does not beat the count. He is counted out. He loses. However... Because you can't lose a title on count out or disqualification, he retains the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Mero, after the match, puts Helmsley back into the ring and then hit him with an actual shooting star press. <laughs> with a real one. The wild thing. Right. Uh, Mark Merrill then took the belt and said, Peace, I'm out. And then left. <laughs> and so that happened. And then. Helmsley, you know, he's already been beat up. He's been hit in the face with a title belt. He got hit with a shooting star press. He had a grueling match before that. And as he's trying to leave, he's trying to recover and lick his wounds. Goldust comes back out and beats his ass again. (laughs) Just for good measure. Goldust really had it out for Helmsley. He did. He did. Anything else you wanted to add uh, to that? Yeah, there was a a few things I made note of. Uh, Mark Merrow had a hell of a fireworks display. And it was one of the few that had those fireworks. They were like those uh, rotating circles and whatnot. And I was like, wow. Like spinny things. Yeah, yeah, spinny circles. I was like, I guess they were supposed to be wild? Okay. I don't know. Okay, Mark. Okay. Uh, Jerry Lawler saying uh, he's going to go one-on-one with Sable tomorrow night on Raw. And Vince McMahon has to make sure we know that's in the Karate Fighters Championship. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> karate Fighters only. Yeah. Okay, just, just, just to be sure. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Earl Hebner, the referee here. Again, I know I'll, I don't understand why. Uh, you know, if the heel is cheating, why don't they don't just disqualify him? Why are you? Why is Earl physically getting involved and in kicking Triple H's arm off the ropes during uh, the abdominal stretch he was doing, and then and then Triple shoving loved, Triple H? Uh, fans loved, loved it, but that spot though. He loves that shoved the referee, and the yeah. referee shoves him back spot. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's done it. <laughs> It's a it's a flare spot. It is. Like, it is. But Tommy not, Young, do it with somebody else. Not Earl Hebner. Screw Earl Hebner. Do it with somebody else. <laughs> flare would shove Tommy Young. Tommy Young would shove him back, yeah. and the crowd would pop. <laughs> so that, uh, of course, Earl annoys me uh, to no end. Uh, and then they, I noticed a terrible editing spot, and I don't remember if I have this particular in your house on tape, in you know my collection, but. There was a hurricanrana, like a fine-looking hurricanrana off the top rope uh, that Mark Merrow did on Triple H. But then the next camera cut, they're on the opposite side of the ring. And Mark Merrow goes up again to the top rope. And I guess that's when he's trying to set up for the wild thing. And that's when Triple H shoves the ref into the ropes. So I don't know like why they edited that or what 
the reasoning uh, behind that was, what happened. But it was just so weird to see, like, the Hurricanrana, fine-looking Hurricanrana off the top rope by the, yeah, the, ring, the, ring, the ring post closest to the entrance. And then the next camera cut, they're on the opposite side near, like, the commentator's table. Like, I, I just didn't understand. Uh, I want to know what happened, damn it. Why did they edit it? I want to know what happened. But that's all. Well, we gotta, that's all I got. Go and get that pay-per-view copy. <laughs> go and get it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I reckon I don't like this home <laughs> video release. I don't like it. Go and get that pay-per-view copy. Go and get Go on now. <laughs> go on. Just keep saying it. As his voice gets higher and higher. <laughs> go on. Go go on. Go on. Go on. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> you gotta move faster. Go on, get it. Go on. I said go on. <laughs> Did I stutter? <laughs> I do declare I want that pay-per-view copy. Now go on get it. <laughs> this is your fault. You made I, this hey, sound like a, a gold rusher <laughs> from 1849. Like, Would you rather do that or... With time! Um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but just, this person sounds like they're in Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> And they got like a, a ranch, and they know—I forget the main character's name, Arthur or something. But either way, mm. go and get. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Straight Shooters, featuring Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone, giving you the best and worst in the world of professional wrestling past and present. The Straight Shooters podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You can become a patron of The Straight Shooters for only $2 per month by signing up at patreon.com forward slash shooters radio. You'll get exclusive content never before heard from two of the best. You can also listen to classic episodes of The Straight Shooters at ShootersRadio.com. Moving on. We are backstage with Doc Hendricks and Psycho Sid, the World Wrestling Federation champion. Uh, We go to a video clip where Shawn Michaels had attacked Sid outside of the arena earlier in the show. Brett came out to join in the, the fray. He wanted to beat up Shawn Michaels. But Sid attacked Bret Hart <laughs> when he turned his back. So, and yeah, then... Yeah. We, go ahead. I was going to say, this is where I have uh, the clip starting. I, I believe it's... Uh, I guess what? They aired it on Superstars? Yeah. And uh, I have the clip. Advantage of that opportunity as we can see right here. Here it comes. Bow! Just like that, Doc. See, if you have wow. right now. I love Sid, man. Don't put your nose in my business. And if you can't believe that, ask Jose. All right, Sid, but Jose aside tonight, 
You can squelch the critics. You Jose Lothario. Everybody by defeating the legend Brett the Hitman Hart. Let me do something real simple, even with you. I love this. Sid's giving us a lesson. We'll play connected maps. Connected dots. Sean beat you. Yeah. Sean beat you. And I beat Sean like a dog. So how easy will it be for me? Look, <laughs> the transitive property works. That's what Sid did. He did the transitive property. He did. If if Shawn Michaels beat you, Brett, and I killed Shawn Michaels, what are you gonna do to you? <laughs> this is Sid. This is simple Sid math. All right. People think not Sid's to, not smart. Right. It's not this new math nonsense that they teaching the kids these oh, days. Yeah. New math stuff. No, this is simple. This is Sid math. All right. That's... And he in Sid math, the transitive property exists. All right. So more from those guys. Those guys later on in the main event. <laughs> but now it is time. Oh, it is time. What for? Time. It's time <laughs> for an Armageddon rules match. Oh hell yeah. Oh my God! The end of the world. I know that's in right. This match. So you're probably wondering, what in the hell is an Armageddon rules match? <laughs> because that sounds really stupid. Armageddon rules. What? Uh, I mean, but it is apparently. I liked it. No rules, no disqualifications, no holds barred. But if anyone is pinned or submitted, they have to answer a 10 count. So it's like a last man standing match in a street fight in one. Mm -hmm. Or what I like to call stupid. <laughs> it's the same match Randy Savage and Crush had at WrestleMania 10. And that was also stupid. That was not Armageddon rules, though. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> mm. It's like they were trying to find a new match for Undertaker. Yeah. Like, okay, we've done the casket match, we've done that a, a multiple times with Yoko and Mabel. We can't keep doing the casket match. So, what's a new one for Undertaker? They, they just introduced Buried Alive, and they're like, oh, we can't use that. In this, we right. just use it in October. <laughs> just use that. You're right. I forgot about Buried Alive. So, we just used that. So, what's a different match we can use for the Undertaker? I got it. He's the Undertaker. He kind of believes in death, or he, everybody believes in death, but like he's kind of he's he's dead already, um, according to the story. But the end of the world, Armageddon rules. How about it? And they came up with this fangled match. They figured it out by next year with the Hell in the Cell. They got that right, right? But this was this is not good. This was not good. Yeah. Just yeah. Not really to say. Despite the it. fact, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Despite the fact, though, that the executioner has attacked the Undertaker on multiple occasions, including that Buried Alive match and that Survivor Series, which we, you know, did a deep dive on a couple weeks back, he doesn't even get an entrance. <laughs> he no, yeah, entrance. I didn't realize that. Did they even show him in the ring before the Undertaker entered? Because. Standing outside the ring, and I think the camera first panned. Oh, okay, because I did not notice that. And when I started 
type of notes for this match. I said Undertaker gets the first entrance with like a question mark. <laughs> right. I was thinking that too. And then it's like, oh, well, that's why. Because the, the hooded jobber is already out there. <laughs> the match jobber, I should say. Either way, uh, Undertaker gets to the ring. He has still has a teardrop on his eye. But now it looks like he has makeup on like his face on like his forehead to make his brow more furled. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, not particularly, but there's no way his eyebrows were actually that furled. <laughs> <laughs> it's very distinct. I'm I sure they weren't. Yeah. So Luke has some makeup there. Uh, but this pretty much Undertaker's whooping all kinds of ass, pretty much. Right? He's about to slam the executioner on a concrete floor. He had pulled up the mats. Mm-hmm. He's about to slam him back first on a concrete floor. But that was supposed to be interrupted by mankind. <laughs> and mankind comes running out, haul, hauling ass. Right? Speeds around this corner. And just when he's about to hit the Undertaker, he eats it right there. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a wrestling image that precedes unfortunate events for mankind. <laughs> yeah. He fell right on his face. Did he not see that? Like, <laughs> I know it was in the corner, and it was probably tough for him to see while he was rounding it. But, I mean, but he, he didn't he know it would be it. like the mat would be rolled up? Maybe, maybe he didn't think it would be that far back. Like, pretty much as soon as he turned the corner, he tripped <laughs> over the mats. And he flat on his face. He did right on the concrete. Like he is, he face planted man. Like right. Wow. Right on <laughs> flat on his ass, <laughs> and on that concrete, right beside the Undertaker. Undertaker looked down like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like, I <laughs> mankind tries to salvage it. He's like, like, "Is this a fan?" Like what? <laughs> right. He tries to salvage it by like attacking Undertaker's legs and stuff like that. Yeah. But by that point, it was too late. I was already dying laughing. <laughs> It was just so t- out of nowhere. It's like he comes running down really yeah. fast. It's too, like he was moving. It's like, wait, then, why wasn't bam! he out here before? Because it's not illegal. So why did he wait to come out? Like, what was he doing? Was he in catering or something? Like he come, he couldn't come out with the executioner. And like, I don't know. Who knows? Either way, <laughs> he fell flat on his face trying to get to the ring. Uh, or get the Undertaker, I should say. Uh, the Undertaker is taking on both guys now all over the arena. Uh, and then he throws Mankind through the In Your House set. Yeah. And then knocked him through the door as well. He did. And I, I, I was like, man, did they like stop using? I wonder what if they stopped using the In Your House set after this. Because, like, you know, WWF, if they are changing sets, they typically destroy the first one or the last one or the previous one, I should say. Um, And they kind of didn't. I mean, the next month or the Royal Rumble, they didn't use it. But, like, um, early so they 97. Did, they, didn't they didn't use, use it in February, but they did use it uh, in May, like the cold day right. in hell. And I'm pretty sure they used it Revenge of the Takers. I don't know. So they they use a variation of it at cold day in hell. Yeah, with the but ramp. But they used the whole thing at Revenge of the Taker. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of kind of odd. But, yeah, they destroy the In Your House house set. Yeah, I was, um, I was angry at that. It's like, come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> the security people come out and try to uh, get mankind, a mace mankind. That's what yeah. happened. <laughs> what the hell? Some people come out and just mace mankind straight in the eyes and then put him in a straight jacket. <laughs> Never really seen that one before. No. Uh, the Undertaker and the Executioner are fighting backstage. 
uh, with the executioner looking for the nearest exit. He was like, forget this, I'm out. I'm gonna He's like, I already got out. paid. That's it. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Gorilla Monsoon is instructing security to get rid of mankind. I guess it was his idea to use the mace and the straitjacket. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Um, the Undertaker, <laughs> it's all wild stuff. Um, we're back outside, though. The Undertaker knocks the executioner into like a moat that's outside of the arena. So all hell is breaking loose. The executioner gets knocked into a moat. Undertaker comes back into the arena. He finds mankind in the straitjacket. Doesn't matter. Mankind is trying to fight the Undertaker anyway. Undertaker beats him up. But then the executioner comes back into the arena. Now he's all soaking wet. He took a swim, courtesy of the Undertaker. And But that doesn't matter. Undertaker hits him with a tombstone to get the pin, but not the win, see? Because mm. there's still a 10 count. Mm. But executioner did not get up for the 10 count. <laughs> and Undertaker won a very, very bizarre match. The first and only Armageddon yeah. rules match. What a What a wild ride this was. Yeah, uh, I I thought it was funny before Mankind came out to interfere and, and trip. Uh, Paul Bearer hit The Undertaker from behind with the urn uh, to no effect. So did The Undertaker all of a sudden, uh, you know, SummerSlam 96, he was laid out for, you know, a month, two months after Paul Bearer hit him with the urn. So now, now it doesn't affect him. I was like, that's weird. Why didn't he just hit him with something else? That way, I don't know. The continuity was lost on me at that point. Uh, and then when uh, you said the ex- executioner tried to find a way out, you see like all those fans running outside trying to like see the action. I I don't understand that, man. Like I, even as like watching the old shows growing up, when as soon as somebody pins somebody like jobber matches or whatever, fans rush to the guardrail just so they could touch their hands or whatever, like. I always thought that was stupid and weird as hell. And this made me think back to that where, you know, they were going outside. The cameraman didn't even go up the steps. He was <laughs> down by the steps. And you just see the fans start. One fan's like carrying a sign outside to, to see the Undertaker and the Executioner. It's like, man, like, why? Why even? Why? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, why do you care that much? They came to see. Some oh, fights and when well, they fight outside, let's see it. I'm like, <laughs> well, this is Armageddon rules, fight. man. <laughs> Let them fight. I still don't like, get it. It's always weird to me. I remember being like so weird when you know I would be at a show with uh, you know my babysitter's family, and they would rush to the guardrail. It was like a house show. They would rush to the guardrail uh, after a match. It's like, man, I'm not doing that. Like no, that's that looks stupid to me. Like, why am I rushing the guardrail just to get one of them to touch my hand? The only time I did that was when I was already in the front row, so I didn't have to like rush the guardrail. Like when Rick Steiner Man, was coming out and touching the fans' hands, and then he deliberately missed mine. Oh, damn, damn you, Rick Steiner! I still remember that. But oh no, Brian yeah. Breaker, tell your pappy that we're not happy him, about man. this. Tell him, tell him, yeah. I just rhymed that. <laughs> Hey, you're happy. We ain't happy. <laughs> Brown breaker. Like, what the hell? Damn I looked it. at my hand like, do I have cooties or whatever? Like, what the hell's going on? And I was like, <laughs> I asked my sister. I was like, did he touch you? He, she was like, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell, man? This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn right he did. 
And then, like, Scott was, like, behind him a little bit. And I was like, Scott! <laughs> Come over here! Don't and he was just ignoring me. It's like, damn you, Scott. What the hell? I'm sorry that happened to you, bro. Yeah, man. Still, still very, listen. Uh... This is 20, 20 plus years later. Almost, actually, almost 30 years. Because I think it happened in 93. It was, you know, their, their run with the WWF as a tag team. So, Yokozuna and Undertaker headlined that house show. So, but that's what I remember the most. That's what I remember the most. I this greatly. And I'm sorry about that, bro. Sorry that happened to you. That's. (sighs) Also, sorry I watched this damn Armageddon Rules match. (laughs) Listen, if Rick Snyder was in there, it probably would have been better, but still should have touched my hand when I put it out. It's like the one time where I'm like, okay, I'll put my hand out and I, I don't get it. It's like he's like, psych. Whatever. They killed psych. the bed. They, I remember Scott Snyder hit the Frankensteiner on Bo or Blake Beverly and he was holding oh his God. neck when he was like coming to the back and I was kind of like, they came obviously after the Steiners and I'm like, man, I kind of feel bad for them because Rick Steiner was a jerk to me. So I was like, am I a Beverly, <laughs> your, am I a Beverly, a Beverly Brothers, Brothers fan Brothers now? <laughs> Wow. Uh, Going to the dark side for the Beverly Brothers. Seriously. Moving on from the Beverly Brothers, <laughs> we're backstage again with Doc Hendricks, who's interviewing Bret Hart. It is crazy here in West Palm Beach, but Bret, now it's time. And I've got to tell you, it's I have always admire you like all your fans because of your collectiveness, your calmness. You're always cool in a very, very volatile situation. Except this morning on Sunday Morning Superstars, I'd like to take you back right now as I was interviewing Psycho Sid. Sean Michael. Take you back to when out, you got your ass beat. Sid from behind, <laughs> and here you came to jump into the fracas as well. And there you can see. And here you came, right modding somebody else's business, and getting your ass beat. It cost you nothing to mind your business, Brett. And ruin it for you tonight. Let me put it this way: I wouldn't put anything past Sean Michaels. Trying so hard to rain on my parade. This is a guy I've had it up to here. Now, what about this right here, Brett? I hate to interrupt, but there you made a bad mistake. This is when he got Aspie right here. You're back on anybody. As far as I'm concerned, the only thing I'm going to worry about anymore is me. Here it is. Look, that's you. Get your ass whooped. Sid's about to whoop your ass. And all I thought What's your response? Sean Michaels. Well, Sean Michaels, How'd that you feel? don't matter anymore. Six foot Ooh, that hurt. Psycho Sid, he's the big man. He is the man. But as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't really Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Uh, I think we got to go back to ringside. Sean Michaels is coming <laughs> to the ring. playing his music. It's my time. It's my interview. And everybody else is in with Sean Michaels. Sean Michaels. I am sick to death. Oh, Sean oh my God! Listen to Vince McMahon. <laughs> He's so happy that Sean's coming out. <laughs> In his own right. It's oh love God, Shawn Michaels, man. He's charismatic, flamboyant, all-around fantastic. It's certainly very refreshing, and I'm sure he's going to be very candid out here at King. I suggest you mind your manners now. 
<laughs> and he was candid. Bro. And we got some of that goodness as well. That promo with Doc Hendricks. Look, here it is. I hate to cut you off, but here you go. Ain't getting your ass whooped. <laughs> you still Look, feel this, right? <laughs> you still see how you punch in the face right there? Is your eye okay? <laughs> My question to you is. Did you or did you not get your ass whipped out there? Why did you go out there to get your ass whipped? Like, were you intending on it? Were you planning on getting your ass beat? Was that part of the plan? Was it was it part of the plan to get sucker punched like that? But yeah, Brett was big mad about that. Though. He was big mad about. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off again. After we were talking about you getting your ass beat, now let's go to somebody who's upstaging you, Shawn Michaels. Here he is. It's <laughs> right. going in overdrive. Charismatic. <laughs> Stupendous. Wonderful. No, not better than Paul Dorf. The World Wrestling Federation champion in his own right. Like, wait, what? He's more magnificent than Mor Morocco. More <laughs> wonderful than Orndorf. <laughs> He's Shawn Michaels. Rest in peace to Paul Orndorff. But more yeah. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> My God. What a, what a Over wild time. the top. <laughs> What a wild time this was. But it's now time. Not it's time. It's now time for the main event of the evening. WWF Championship on the line. Psycho Sid defending his newly won WWF Championship against Brett the Hitman Hart at this point. Three times your world champion. But looking for a fourth against Psycho Sid. But before we get to the actual match itself, we got to get to the entrance of Brett Hart in which Shawn Michaels was throwing all the shots at Brett while he was on commentary because you know he made his interest to join commentary, and that's why he was on commentary. He was just laying it. He was just laying it on thick about how much he didn't like people, <laughs> including Bret Hart, and then called Sid. I don't know if you have this clipped off or not. Yeah, I think so. We'll see. So Trash people. This is like a couple of minutes later. I do my best to be obnoxious, but I can't even hang with the hitman anymore. He outdoes everybody as far as being pompous and arrogant. As far as I'm concerned, his time off turned him into nothing but a bitter, bitter shirt. Damn. Late into him. Sean speak from the heart too. You know that was he was like, he, well, he had that inflection in his voice where right. he wasn't doing the Vince McMahon what a maneuver. He was like, "This is my how I really feel." Damn it! Right, he's speaking from the heart and his soul on that. Then he, not only did he trash Brett, he also trashed Sid. Do you have that clipped off? I don't think so, but uh, all right. Well, I'll explain it because he <laughs> just I might have missed this. Sid. So Sid's making his entrance. And he calls Sid the most the, the company's most expensive oh, yes. ever because yeah. he gets carried by, by every he gets carried everywhere by other wrestlers. <laughs> I didn't nice. clip that, but I wrote that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> like, bro, this is not. We're not talking about 
shoot <laughs> big and tough? Why are you talking about him getting carried everywhere, bro? People don't know about that. <laughs> he kicked your ass, Sean. He kicked your ass a month ago. Hey, who cares if he got carried somewhere? But that's Sean. Called him a, the company's most expensive piece of luggage. Mm. Good lord! Yeah, that... that's the champion, by the Ooh. way. Like you said, you just beat you. That was that was, was your old bodyguard, man. That was your old friend. Like, man, come on, but man. Even, but like, even like, just from a a wrestling standpoint, like, why would you trash the guy who just beat you for the title? I guess and if he was trying to be heelish, but um, I I understood like the three didn't like each other, but. Right. Uh, the most expensive piece of luggage. Like I didn't know what he was trying to say there until obviously I was older. But right, man, no, don't say that. The hell, because <laughs> that's a that's a that's an insider stuff. Yeah, maybe like about. okay, yeah. kick my ass once, but he won't be able to do it again. Type thing and go after him right. that way. But damn, <laughs> most of the fans in '96 especially didn't know what the hell he was talking about. So like, why would you call him like? Who, why would it matter that people carried him? He carried you when he power bombed your ass in the garden a month ago. <laughs> that's what I saw. And everyone loved it. They cheered I'm... his ass when they pinned you. You can't pick him up. How can how can you carry him? You know that's that's what most people were thinking. Now, obviously, like I said, in hindsight, we know exactly what he's talking about. But at the time, it just didn't make any sense to trash it like that. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. So, but even still, damn, those were yeah, those some fighting words, bro. Either way. We get to the match. Uh, Hart jumps Sid from behind like Sid did to him earlier. Mm. Bret Hart works on Sid's back and even exposed one of the turnbuckle pads. So you see mm. the Bret's, you know, kind of heel side coming out here. Um, then Steve Austin comes out <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> this time he attacks Bret Hart from behind. Bulldog comes out to make the save. So that's that's now that's done. Uh, but at one point late in the match, Bret Michaels, I was going to say Bret Michaels. Not Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels, but the former host of Rock of Love, Bret Michaels, and the guy who was was a Scorpion, the band, either or White Snake, either one doesn't matter. Not Bret Michaels. Bret Hart reached for Shawn Michaels's chair, or Shawn Michaels got up and he's trying to get the chair, but mm-hmm. Sid stops him and tosses him back into the ring. Before he got back into the ring himself, he pie faced Shawn Michaels. Sit your ass down. Talking about I'm getting carried around here like I'm, I'm a piece of luggage. Oh, well, sit your little ass down somewhere. Well, that caused Shawn Michaels to climb onto the apron. Bret Hart is sent into Shawn Michaels by Sid. Michaels goes flying off the apron into the announced area. Bret Why Hart. He's in the chair. How about that? I didn't see that part. That was a replay. They showed the replay like he fell right into the chair. I was like, oh, snap. I, I mean, you don't right. see that. In real time, but he went right into the chair. I think that was cool placement. (laughs) Because of this collision, though, Bret Hart is dazed. And that allows Sid to pick him up for the powerbomb and pick up the win. I love JR's call, by the way. It's very pie face showing. Sit your ass down somewhere. <laughs> Good God. 
That's a lot. He beats Sean and Brett back to back months. That's fair. Oh no, Sean. Are you okay? My favorite part of this is coming after the match. He rules it. He's the king of the world. King of the universe, whatever one is. <laughs> Ruler of everything he saw. I uh, have one bread attack Sean too. Nice. That's my favorite part of the whole thing. Has a bloody nose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that! <laughs> I love how the voice is changed. Come on, Brett! Brett tuned his ass up real quick. <laughs> Brett got him together. <laughs> Get this is why together, I thought Brett. Brett was the heel to begin with. No, get him, get him together, Brett. <laughs> get his ass together, poor Sean. No, get his uh, ass yeah, together, right? <laughs> this is why I thought they were going full heel with Brett, but uh, apparently that wasn't like 100%. They might have done Sean as the heel uh, going into the WrestleMania rematch at this point. Brett but. for too long, and Brett had to get him together. <laughs> and he got him together. Two him up real quick. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> he probably heard this. All different individuals. Is that, am I the only one in the WWF that can figure that out? Can we all be different? Is that okay with you guys? Or do we all have to be vanilla and boring like Brett? God forbid mm. you smile once in a while or you have an emotion here or there. It's called real life, folks. Get to know it. <laughs> mm. Brett said, oh, yeah, I'm about to show you this ass. you got to feel life. this. Right. Give you this real life ass with a bap, 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 bap. Mink, 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 mink. <laughs> he trashed Shawn Michaels real quick. Shawn Michaels hit the ground again like, oh, God, what happened? Bret Hart said. <laughs> oh, my God. No, he did not. No, don't, don't put, I don't attach Bret Hart's good name to that. The good name. Of, I don't even know Bret's full name, but Bret, Bret Cornelius Hart. <laughs> Attach his name to that. <laughs> I was gonna say something like Garvin. Like I could see Brett Garvin Hart. <laughs> Brett I have no idea where name. Garvin came from. Oh, mind, his name but... is his middle name is great. Is Brett Sergeant Hart? No. <laughs> Sergeant. So his first and middle names initials are BS. BSH, That's baby. Great. Brett Sergeant Hart. That's that's worse than Cornelius <laughs> or Ezekiel. I don't think either of us would have guessed Sergeant. We no, I didn't expect I didn't expect Bret Hart's middle name to be a military rank. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect like what did he name his kids like Brett, you know, Commander. Or like, what's Owen's middle name? Look up somebody else's Ooh. middle name. That's a good one. What if they all got like military rank? No, his oh his brother name is just James. <laughs> <laughs> James. Uh, it was a nice, nice normal middle name. Pretty much. For the late great Owen Hart. 
but Brett got Sergeant. OJ. <laughs> OJ and BS. Hey, man. <laughs> but that is how we wrap up. In your house. It's time! From 1996. Time. It's time! It's not Vader time, though. It just, it's time. Just, it's time, right. Yeah. Not Vader time. Just time. Time to time to wrap it up here. But before that, <laughs> I want to get your final thoughts on this show. <laughs> uh, I know, uh, you know, it was funny seeing uh, after Bret Hart beat Sean's ass and uh, uh, Sean uh, leaving the ringside area and... He gets on the commentator. uh, He gets on the headset. Uh, We don't hear all of it, but we hear him say, you're a punk, and somewhere down the line, I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat uh, to Bret Hart. And as he leaves the ringside area, he gets in the face of some fan who's doing, uh, getting in his face, doing like, woo! (laughs) It's like, I guess he's trying to do Ric Flair or something. Uh, Is that the only thing that makes sense? But uh, that made me laugh. And by the way, Shawn Michaels was not done for the night. They had three. So this is what I used to get confused with, with the two-hour pay-per-views before I realized, oh, they actually have like a full card, basically, but they only air two hours on pay-per-view. You had uh, three more matches after the pay-per-view went off the air. Shawn Michaels beat Mankind in six minutes and 55 seconds. So how about that? Stone Cold Steve Austin beat Goldust and Brackus beat Miss Dr. X. So that was interesting to me. Uh, we don't really talk about stuff that isn't aired on uh, the actual pay-per-views. So I thought that was interesting to note. And uh, also in the free-for-all, Rocky Maivia defeated Salvatore Sincere, who was managed oh by Jim Cornette, who I totally forget this era when it came to this, but Jim Cornette apparently was trying to court Rocky. And when Rocky uh, you know, denied him, Jim Cornette got everyone like he was managing everyone to try and beat Rocky. It, apparently, I don't remember that, but that's hilarious to me. Jim Cornette and the corner of Salvatore Sincere. Like what? I, I what the hell's going on here? But he apparently was in the corner of a lot of people uh, going against Rocky. So in, in that time period, so I'm a, I'm just like, why didn't we get to see it on pay per view? Like that would have been hilarious. To me, but no, we got to see Leaf Cassidy. And, yeah, I mean, Flash like, Yeah, I mean, it could have taken know, the place of the Armageddon right. Rules match. I would have been cool exactly. with that. But come on, and we got to get Leaf and you got to get Cassidy and Funk. Come on, <laughs> but so. also this main event, Bret Hart kind of beat Sid up quite a bit. So I, I was like he thinking about it. Back a lot. Yeah, and back a lot in this match. I don't remember Sean getting as much offense in uh, at Survivor Ooh. Series, so. So maybe like, by the transitive property, right? Brett is better than Sean. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if you know I, Sid Math. Bruce that Sid Math. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard uh, had you know talked about this event and even Survivor Series recently, and talked about uh, the tension between Brett and Sean wasn't like really uh, real life until obviously late later in '97, but they were apparently working together to try to really create some heat. I could see Brett kind of like wanting more offense on Sid and then Sean being like, what the hell, dude? Like, he kicked my ass at Survivor Series. Like, why <laughs> Why do you look so good against him? And I didn't. But it was all, I guess, part of the story. Sean was going to regain the title at Royal Rumble anyway and all that. Yeah. So it was a very interesting time period in real life to, to follow what was going on in the WWF. 
not so much on yeah. the screen. Uh, there, there were a few good things on the screen, and but I that's what I took away from this match. I, I was like, obviously, Bret Hart just coming back, like probably don't want him to get his ass kicked by Sid, but he got a lot more offense than I was expecting because I haven't watched this match in 20-so years. So a lot more offense than I thought he would, and I, I just thought that was interesting. And it's funny because this time period kind of changed the course of wrestling history. When you think about Sean is going to get the title back, and they're clearly building towards Sean and Brett in a rematch at WrestleMania, and I think Brett was going to win that. But Sean gets hurt, which some people you know believe he was either faking it or embellishing it mm-hmm. so he didn't have to lose the title. He just, he just drop it. You know, um, you know, willingly, not like um, losing a match. Um, but <clears throat> he didn't want to drop it to Brett, I would assume, because that's what, probably what would have happened at WrestleMania. So Sean goes away. He's hurt. But now where does that leave Brett? And Brett goes against Steve Austin in their rematch from Survivor Series. And they turn in a classic, which makes Steve Austin only catapults him you know, further up the stratosphere than where he was at at that going into that match. So if none of that had happened, Steve Austin might not be the star we know him as. Maybe he still would have gotten there because uh, Steve Austin was an undeniable talent. But out of it, out of the little bit of a mess that we got with the Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart match that never was at WrestleMania, we got an instant classic and we got somebody get catapulted to the top, pretty much the top of the card, and Steve Austin after their submission match at WrestleMania. So, very interesting times. 96 and 97, there could be a book written about all the different Mm. machinations about what the hell is going on between Shawn Michaels, when Shawn Michaels became champion, and how he was acting, and then going to the Bret Hart stuff and their beef, but then out of that comes Steve Austin, and then you go to Steve Austin being a top guy, but then out of that comes The Rock and Triple Like, it's so much stuff that's going on. Uh, and then Steve, Shawn Michaels retires, Bret Hart leaves, obviously, and, you know, all hell break, you know, It's wide open after that, with Steve Austin as a top guy and, mm-hmm. and so many others. So, uh, very interesting times in WWF. But it's time to wrap it up here for episode 311. Nick, take us out with some plugs, please. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Picone. That's P-I-C-C-O-N-E. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter as well. And, hey, follow at Unfortunate WWE. I still got some good ones in there. I'm trying to not do as many. I'm trying to take your advice, but I'm doing two or three per day. Some days I did one. Some days I did two. So don't worry. I'm not doing, like, ten anymore. So you have an idea, DM, DM me. Uh, I have some good ones lined up, but yeah, follow that account because I think it's funny and that's what you should support it. So also we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash shooters radio and you can check out uh, my writing. I, I wrote a column uh, again. Yeah. Phillyinfluencer.com. Uh, I've also posted this podcast back on phillyinfluencer.com. Finally get back in the swing of things after surgery, get back into it and uh, hopefully close. It's 100% sooner or later. So I'm, I'm close to it. I'm feeling okay. So, yeah, do that. <laughs> All right. Well, I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. 
You can't find me there. You might find me out here in these streets, but not too much because this virus is wild right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that's tweets, right. <laughs> right, that's for sure. Right on too. Uh, you can find my tweets at Eagles. You know. Uh, <laughs> and maybe my writing at philadelphiaeagles.com if I write again sometime soon. But we got a lot of stuff to do on Twitter and Facebook mm. and stuff like that. So I don't know. Playoffs? But you can find maybe, maybe, but whatever. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but you can find us on Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash shooters radio where you can request a future deep dive for the nominal fee of two bucks. Hey, you got it. Um, I did. I, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but uh, it doesn't have to be a pay-per-view. It could be a movie like Santa with Muscles, right? Like I said earlier. If you I, wanna, feel like we're, watch it. I feel like you really want to do that. Like really I bad. I kind of do. <laughs> but that's for a future time. That's for a different time. If you want us to watch it before next Christmas, well, feel free to yeah, go on to Patreon and request that thing. And we'll watch it in March if you want. <laughs> uh it don't have to match up with the you know, the holiday season. We'll watch it so next again, week. Jeez. Right. right. If you want, whatever. But patreon.com slash shooters radio uh, to put in your request and we shall fulfill it. Also, we'll even let you do a cameo, make a cameo on the show. Just to you know, spice it up and give you a little more incentive to head on over to patreon.com slash shooters radio. But until next time, for Nick Picone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 311 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week. Hey, baby, this is Jimmy Hart, baby. The mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. And you listen to the Vaughn Johnson and Nick McCone of The Straight Shooters, baby. Yeah, baby. Hulk Hogan's my best friend. Did you know that? <laughs>